When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Nick. Good evening, my brother. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Doing okay, other than the fact that I believe somehow, some way, our state has decided to pretend like it's Florida. Uh, well, it's possible. It's a little late for April Fools, and it's too early for Halloween, so there must be something else going on. But the weather has been a lot of shenanigans lately. Yeah, it's just super, super muggy. All day, like like 98% humidity, a couple more percent, and you're at super saturation. And then all of a sudden, we just get a massive rainstorm that lasts, what was that, four minutes, six minutes, and then it's sunny. Yeah, you're right. And while I'm accustomed to Michigan's weather changing you know, pretty quickly, we were driving from the corner of 13 and M21. We dropped Rosie, or I picked, my apologies, picked Rosie up from her dad's and I watched the storm blow in and the sky it looked huge everything was black and dark and the wind was so erratic we got home it was like done <laughs> I was like wow there's literally nothing okay well that works but it was it was peculiar and I am the kind of person I love storms I like to watch them and so I was a little bummed out I like watching nature with all its fury so you know Aiden is learning to drive and it's time for him to start driving everywhere. So you have to have, was it 50 hours with 40 of it during the day and 10 at night? Yeah. Well, I would have him drive me places, and then all of a sudden these storms would move in. Mm-hmm. And he's immediately going, no, you can drive home. He's a, you know, <laughs> he's not quite confident yet. He's doing good, though. He's He's putting in the effort, taking the time, understanding the rules. He's... Having all the same pitfalls and normal stuff, but he's doing pretty good. But the storms don't help. Uh, the storms don't help at all. When I was on my way home from, um, oh, what was that city? Uh, Gaines. And we, I drove through some dark weather uh, yesterday. And I'll tell you what, as a as a seasoned anti-driver is what I've been called because I'm not the greatest driver. But as a seasoned driver, I don't like driving through super heavy rain like that. Not where it's... Even with your wipers on their fastest setting, it doesn't um doesn't seem to make a difference. Where the rain's coming down so hard, you don't even get like a half second of visibility. I don't care for that at all. I understand his apprehension. Yeah, there's times you just have to pull over. If it's that bad, you just wait it out a little bit. But and that's mm-hmm. what I want to teach him. But he's uh, still a little timid, and I get it. Uh, just recently, I had to go somewhere, and it hit us again like that to the point where I was right on the edge of eh, I'll just pull under this overpass and wait it out, but. It's it's been unique as of late, and I am not a fan of humidity. You know, I'm not a fan of humidity either, but you, I would think that you would be cheering this weather on. You couldn't have asked for a better climate in terms of the rainfall we've had for edible landscaping. Those plants are going bananas. <laughs> well, and it's not even just those. I have household plants that are tropical plants that I've just left outside this summer. I have a pitcher plant that loves the humidity and wants that extra moisture. And it's growing pitcher after pitcher after pitcher. 
all the way around it. And in case anybody's wondering what a pitcher plant is and doesn't know, it is a carnivore. It's it's a plant that looks like a water pitcher. Uh, it grows these little pitchers on it, and insects crawl inside and get digested. So that's sitting on the back porch, along with, as I was mocked on Facebook recently, several maple trees that I found growing around the property. I've planted in pots so that hopefully we can grow them throughout the winter and by next year have saplings. Why Why? why would you get mocked for that? The maple trees are awesome. Who doesn't love syrup? <laughs> Jameson took pictures of all the trees that I quote unquote rescued outside and posted it on Facebook as as this is her life now. <laughs> well, I understand. I get it. No, I, I get it. And, and it's a, it's an adjustment. But for those of, of us that uh, read The Hobbit or watched the movies, I'm just going to start calling you Radagask. That's, you're <laughs> going to be the little brown wizard that grows everything in the forest. Well, I hope I don't end up with bird poop running down the side of my head. I do know who Radagask is. Yeah, well, I hope that you don't have bird poop either, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. We should probably start our show. And plus this one, I always say this one's interesting or this one's different, but this one might be challenging. Not only do you have an opportunity to step on a few landmines during this conversation, but some of it hits close to home as I was writing it. We always talk about sustainability in the home. We talk about energy. We talk about food, but we don't always talk about us. And this week I want to talk about human health and sustainability. Okay, well, you said uh, you said landmines, so goody-goody, let's get started. <laughs> just like I just said, we always talk about the things that we're all used to. Which product can we use to reduce our carbon footprint? Or if you're listening to this show, we talk about increasing your positive footprint. But there's other parts of life that help us become more sustainable as a person. And there's a lot of different aspects that we can look at, but it's kind of like making sustainable choices. Are we looking at the world in our body, mind, relationships, finances, the same way we look at a product on the shelf before we buy it? Are we looking at the sustainability of what is happening? What are the choices that we are making? For me, I have an example. I went through a part of my life that was not that fun. Everything kind of got etch-a-sketched. I had to start over in a lot of ways, and I worked in retail. And it's not that I wasn't good at it. It's not that I didn't make good money at it. I was unhappy. And if I stayed there, I wasn't going to get happier. I had hit kind of the ceiling of what I could do. And when everything just kind of fell down there, I had the opportunity to start over. Do I continue with what I know, what is comfortable, and manage my life from there? Or do I take a much harder road? a more sustainable lifestyle? Do I go back to college and learn a new skill? Do I go back to college and learn a new profession? And that is what I did. I went from flunking out of community college before I even started to getting my master's because I took a whole different road in the hopes that it would create a more sustainable future. First and foremost, before I say anything that is going to be a self-condemning because I know uh, how this can go, I, I want you to know that I've said this time and time again, there's no one prouder of the choices and cha changes you made than me, and I brag about you all the time. Well, I greatly appreciate that. I don't know if it's braggable or worth bragging about. I went and visited universities and was able to learn these things because I, I honestly believe anybody can. I had to do something. I had to do something that I, I was going to enjoy, and no offense to the wireless uh, industry, that was not going to be it. Okay, so 
I'm going to cut you off. Don't sell yourself short. And I say that because it is braggable and people don't realize this and they don't understand. Well, there's a huge amount of people in life that look at their lives as I got to go to work to pay for the things that I actually enjoy doing. But the things they pay for, let's say partying or drinking or going to like, you know, small town sports games, I'm sure they have fun, but they don't really enjoy those things in the way that you would enjoy your new career. They enjoy them as an escape from the reality they built because they're not happy with their life. So when I say it's braggable, what I am really saying in way, way less words than what I'm going to say right now is that what you did was you, you stood up and you looked at your life and said, I'm not happy. I'm not only am I not happy. I don't think I will be able to maintain this level of existence and be okay because I, I've taken all I can take and I just can't bear the mental strain, the burden of this anymore. And I, I have to make a change. So you took steps, you took a lot of steps and you took in some of the hard ways, but you did it. You did the work, put the time in to completely 180 degree change your life. You turned everything around and you're literally, you're still my brother, but you are not the brother I grew up with. Like it's very different. And that is something that, for most people, when you when they hear hear that about you, or they go, oh, that's really good, I'm happy for them. But really, they can't comprehend, they can't wrap their mind how someone just gets up and changes everything and moves forward with it. Most people fear what they don't understand, and what they don't understand is themselves. And that's that 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 goes a long way. Most people don't know why they do the things they do. They just know that they do or deal with certain things because maybe they feel like they have to, maybe they feel like they're tied down. Maybe they're, they're so miserable with their life, but they don't feel like, you know, either they miss the train or they can't, they can't have any more good opportunities. And you made your own opportunities. You've literally made your own luck the last 10 years. And it is, it is absolutely gorgeous to watch all the changes you've made. It's inspiring as a person to see that kind of change happen in the world and i say that because everyone is capable of doing what you did everyone me anyone it doesn't matter who you are if you have a breath in your body you can wake up the next day with a different mindset and work towards your goals no and i appreciate hearing that it's there's a lot of work and it's always nice to have you know someone acknowledge that especially you you're my brother it's yes he's doing a happy dance for those who can't see it uh um, but it was also because my kids were watching and i really needed it but Although it seems when you say over the last 10 years, like a big thing. And before we really dive into this, it is the same philosophy of what we preach about on this show is how I got through it. And that little bit, little bit, big bit came from my mother, who every time I would call her and say, I have barely even gotten through three classes at community college. I am never going to get my bachelor's degree how the heck do I do this? And she would say, well, go to school today and we'll figure it out tomorrow. She kept passing the quit buck until I finally would get there. And then, okay, I'd get back into it. Cause I really do enjoy learning. And I think just about everybody does when they're, when they get that self-conscious side put, a, put away, I think everybody loves to be curious. It was that little piece, another little piece. I got my associates. Well, let's see if they'll let me into Michigan huh, they let me into Michigan. Well, let's see what happens when I take this class. It's that little bit, little bit, big bit that happened in my life for to help sustain my life that we preach about every single day. Absolutely. And the thing that I can't emphasize enough with this is that people minimize their own little bits. You know, 
a small victory is a small victory. And regardless of whether or not you think you should have did something a long time ago, if you're making positive changes, good for you. You know, pat yourself on the back. Good behavior should be rewarded. And when I say good behavior, that is exactly what it is. You have to be good to yourself. You have to be able for starters to know what you can and can't handle because I'm here to tell you I have some broad shoulders, but there are some days where I just can't stand the weight of the things I've got to do. It gets frustrating, and I mean this when I say this. I have to feel like I'm making a change in the place that I work. So generally throughout my career, I've stayed at a business about a year, year and a quarter, and I've moved on because I've got everything there was to learn at that business, and I was no longer you know, useful there. I mean, yes, I could do my job, but I don't just want to be another gear in the machine. I'm the guy that I'm constantly squeaking. I want to learn more. I want to move up. I want to, I want to be better. I want to be able to help more people, and, and I want to have more information. And so that's how I justified a lot of the really negative and terrible behavior that I experienced from employers and Sometimes it was worth it, Mike, but a lot of times I ended up burnt out and angry and toxic and just flat out nasty. What I wasn't doing was being fair to myself. I didn't demand respect in the sense that like, I didn't really allow myself the luxury of being treated properly. And that's not, that might sound strange, but if you don't think you're worth it, you can't expect someone else to treat you like you're worth it. You've got to stand up for yourself. You've got to take your front row seat in your own life and put yourself in the direction you want to go in. And I, I could go on and on about this. I told you when we, we were talking about doing this, I told you I could go <laughs> on and on about human health and wellness and the mental state of people. Well, I think a lot of times we don't take care of ourselves because we're not either a, we have to do this for our kids or we have to do this because we've created these bills that need to be paid or we have to do this because our parents think we should or whatever it is. Society says you're a bad person if you don't do this, whatever it happens to be. For some reason, we don't look at us first. It does not matter. What, what society deems okay and doesn't or what your parents, they, they can teach us things, but they're just a piece of that input. And that's how I, for my kids, I'm just a piece of their input. They have to have a sustainable life or it's miserable. You're right. But don't, once again, don't sell yourself short for your kids. This is true for any parent out there. You are a piece of the input, but what you are is the framework. You're the guiding light. You're the index. You're the glossary. You're the table of contents. For the first 15, 16, really about 13 years of the boy's life and about, I don't know, 11 years of the girl's life, you are the goblet of life. Like All you do is give them everything they need, and if you can, some of the stuff they want. But every decision you make directly reflects their in their life, everything. So mm -hmm. think about all the kids out there that, that grow up watching their parent, you know, slave away a job that kills them and they hate it. And I think about the example that sets, they do it just, just to feed their family. So that kid is going to grow up one or two ways. They're going to grow up really respecting their parents and, and commending them and loving them dearly because of the sacrifices they made of their own mental and physical wellness and health. Or they're going to grow up going, well, I got to get a job I hate because that's what my dad did. And they're going to have a miserable life because they don't think they're capable of anything better because no one showed them that they're worth more. And don't get me wrong. There's lots of jobs out there that suck and people, we need people to do some of those jobs. We do, but those jobs aren't meant to be careers. They're not meant to be, you know, you're not meant to work at that gas station 35 years. If you do, you do fine. Whatever. If you're happy and you have, that's on you. But as a person who I assume whoever hears this, as hopes and dreams, ideas, even that flicker of light, you know, every now and then when you see a movie, go, wow, I'd like to drive a car like that, or I'd like to go a trip here, anything at all. 
whether it be leisure or whether it be work, you're capable of getting there. You can do it. Obviously, if you're 65 years old, probably you're not going to be like a professional athlete. However, you might have missed the buck on that one. Everything else you can do. I, I, I started the catering company in March and I had, I'm still honestly terrified because I will tell this right now. As a person, I am the polar opposite of my brother. He is plan, 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 plan. And I am roll the dice and play what, what rolls. Like I just, <laughs> I, I get the rough, the rough framework of something. And no matter what it is, I look at it and go, well, I understand how that works. And then I go with it. I don't study things. I don't, practice them because if i get if i do that i have too much anxiety and the more i prepare the worse i do but if i understand the basic framework of something i could do it i've just always been able to do that so i decided after working at a catering company for three years i can do this i can do a better job and i can make more money i never expected that the first year of the you know we'd launch a company that we'd be doing as well as we're doing and now i'm just trying to keep my thumb on it and try to actually be more present and do the best job i can do and well, and I think that everybody gets a little window into both you and I today because of what we're talking about. It requires us to talk more about things that we've done or had to accomplish or even tried and failed. One of the points that I try to teach the kids to help with sustainability is part of that little bit, little bit, big bit, which you're gleefully telling me right now you don't necessarily follow quite yet, is... The little milestones, the victories. A lot of times you tell me I sell myself short because I graduated from Mott, the community college. I didn't walk. My answer was I hadn't earned anything yet. It was when I got my bachelor's that I walked and I did all those things. That was a milestone. That was a marked milestone. I mean, other than getting accepted in college. My master's was a milestone. The book, getting the book published and getting it out to people, and which was difficult for me because I'm terrible with criticism. So getting that out was a milestone. And I still have these goals. This show is kind of becoming one. We did it because it was fun and we wanted to help in a way, but mm-hmm. we actually got listeners and people <laughs> getting a hold of us. So this is kind of turning out to something cool. You know, Edible Landscape was a milestone, getting it as far as we have. And I have other ones. The free and fresh water project that I'm trying to put together. The community learning center I'd like to build. I would someday like to be on a TED Talk. Being able to take these programs somehow statewide or nationalwide. So I still have steps. I still have places to go and things to do. But it's little pieces that get us there. And I keep my mind from going nuts. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're conflating two different types of pieces. The little things you did, the little things are great. Like, let, I'm going to take what you did in, in places like a broken mirror, okay? Hear, hear me out on this. I'm going to sound crazy. So if you take a hammer, you submit, you just hit a mirror right in the middle of it. What happens? Okay, so it shatters. Middle, well, yeah, it shatters. But if it's framed, which is kind of the goal I'm going with here, if it's a frame mirror where the, the head of the hammer hits, it's shattered in a bunch of tiny little pieces, cracks out spider webs, and then as it gets further, you have bigger and bigger pieces. So you could keep all the tiny pieces, Okay, you can keep all the tiny pieces, and what do you got? A handful of broken glass. But if you keep the bigger pieces and you keep the frame, you have the pieces to the old mirror. You, if you want, you can put those back together and make a new one. I say that like that because yes, you did. You you went day after day and you went to school every day. But I'm going to tell you this right now, and don't take this the wrong way. If you do take it the wrong way, I'll just tell you you're wrong. Um, <laughs> Nothing new. Uh, well. You going to school every day is no different than you going to a job you hated every day. 
taking the step to go there. That's not the, that's not the big thing you did. Your mindset, your actual decision, your willpower, everything in you mentally that made that happen. That is the big change. That is what happened. That is what I'm telling you should be proud of. You may not feel like you should, we should, we should be proud of you. Or you, you're not proud of certain things because you weren't where you wanted to be, or you still had places to go. Who? It doesn't matter how many stops there were on the journey. You made the decision to make the journey. I don't care if you stopped at one place, 15 places, 37 places. You went to the Empire State Building, came down, and went somewhere else. Every time you decided to go forward, like you, you weren't not that you weren't happy, but you're like, "Well, I did this. How much more can I do? What is the what is the power of my spirit? How far can I spread myself and be happy and content and be fulfilled?" And you you made that decision. I most people can't even grasp that. Not that they're not able to, they just don't fathom the notion that there's so much more they can do. That is the biggest milestone. So many people overlook because they don't believe in themselves. You know how many people start going to school and I'm one of them start going to college and fail, not because they didn't like what they were going for or not because, you know, they weren't good enough, but because they simply felt like they couldn't do it because they got overwhelmed they didn't believe in themselves because they didn't feel like they were good enough or they weren't they weren't they weren't worth the time they're putting into themselves you overcame all of that crap like that's amazing and and people people in life don't get enough encouragement they don't get enough people to slap on the back and say wow that is truly spectacular so yeah i'm going to tell you every time i'm proud of you because <laughs> whether or not you think you need to hear it i need to say it because it is it's it's truly amazing well, I'm going to tell you, we've, we have done like almost 90 shows and you have been fired up twice. Once about the ocean directly after watching a documentary and apparently now talking about me. <laughs> I, I, I hate one thing in the world more than anything. And it's a bully. And I, I categorize all big um, commercial companies that destroy the environment, whether it be nature, sorry, whether it be plant life, the the ozone, or it's animal life. I, I just, I, they're all bullies to me. If they're, if you're destroying something, I just watched two more documentaries today on a uh, on salmon farming and um, a couple other in panga farming. We got to talk about that later. Uh, that's for a whole nother episode. It's, I, I do get fire up about that but the number one thing is people because I, I i really believe in my heart that with a little encouragement and constructive criticism people can do amazing things and i'm not i'm not dis discounting the validity and strength in someone's spirit when they have when they wake up and they have those really bad days you know that day where like you wake up and your dog's dead or your car's broken and you're broke i mean like those days where everything just falls apart around you and those people still get up and, and go to work and put a smile on and, and give it their best. I'm not discounting the effort and the, the mental fortitude that takes. That is truly amazing. And I, I do commend those people. I'm just saying that when you when you get up and you're dealt a hand of cards in your life and you just realize, wow, this hand kind of sucks. I mean, yeah, this, this strategy got me to the finals, but I don't think I'm going to win at the end of life. I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to reach you know, my golden years and be miserable because I didn't really enjoy what I did the first 50 years. So, yeah, I get fired up about this stuff. I get fired up because I want people to succeed. I want people to be happy. I believe in my heart that this and entire world benefits and recipro reciprocity but if you want people to, if, you, if you would like whew, sorry give me a second here i'm going <laughs> i'm going on a rant again if you want That's people to treat thing. it is a good thing but i'm just i'm struggling here 
I believe that the whole world benefits in reciprocity. And I, I believe that if you want people to treat you like you want to be treated or how you would be treated, or if you want people just to see the value in you, you have to see it in yourselves and treat them the same way. Even when, and especially when things fall apart and they're not going your way, when you have those terrible days, look for, look for inspiration, look for motivation, look for, look for a shining example of beauty in the world. Stop and pet a cat in the street when you get the chance. Just, just find find things in life to take to take love and pleasure in, and use that to motivate you to get more. See, and I think everybody has to find their own way to create some kind of sustainability in their life. Yes, me, I had to structure my thought process different. I turned everything into probabilities because I like math, I like science, I understand probabilities. There's no such thing as the world was out to get me as long as it's a probability question. When all those things were going bad for me at a period of time, I needed a structure of thought that would keep me going. And that's what I did. So when I make decisions, and I'm gonna talk about, we're gonna talk about our bodies here in a second, cause that's what's first. I'm now just trying to put myself in the best position to have the highest probability. I'm going to use my COVID vaccination as an example. Actually, I can use the flu vaccination because I do get that every year. But I do it not because I believe it's going to stop the flu this year. I do it because year over year over year, I'm building this immunity to different strains. I'm increasing my later probabilities of not getting sick. And my decisions I make are the same way. It doesn't matter if they're financial. It doesn't matter if they are relationships. It doesn't matter if it is my own mental health. I have to look at my options, put myself in the best possible spot. And if it falls apart, I say, well, there was a, you know, a small percentage chance that would happen. And it happened instead of feeling like it happened to me again. I, I fervently believe that when bad things happen in life, you can always ask yourself why. Now, you can ask yourself why once, or you can ask yourself why until you get to a real reason. It's really easy to point the finger at different things in life and say, well, that's why my day sucked, or I got pulled over so that cop's a jerk. And it's, it's really simple to, to, to say why once, point a finger, and, and go on with your day. It's really easy to feel like a victim. It is simple, and it is addicting. To feel like a victim verbally, you know, and, and get that sympathy card. I don't know how many of you have ever heard the, the phrase, do as I say, not as I do. But more often than not, your kid is going to do what they see you do and hear you do way more than what you tell them to do. You have to set the example. I learned that very hard as a parent. I still struggle with it. More often than not, when I'm angry at my children, it's my own fault. It's hard for me to say why. But I can't point the finger at them and take the blame. You live your life on probability. I live my life by asking why. Why does this bother me? Why didn't this work? To have a sustainable life, we all have to grow. We all have to get better. And I think a lot of times when when I go online, I get on Facebook or Instagram or wherever I happen, because I'm always on there for our stuff. There's always so many things on my personal Facebook of someone blaming someone else. And if we want to have a sustainable life, I think I said to a friend of mine just recently, if you're always grading someone else by your standards, you will always be miserable. Absolutely. Because not people who don't know you won't necessarily live up to your standards. They're going to live up to their standards. Like the first section on here I have talked about is body, diet, exercise. Am I living a sustainable life? in my, in myself. I'm not, I'm still trying, 
But I'll tell you right now, I have cut down some meat. I'm eating more vegetables because I'm growing all around me. But I certainly had some fungians with them. You know, I'm still doing these things that are counterproductive. I know that artificial sugars get in my body and it makes my body crave real sugar. I know this. I'm making poor choices. I'm not making sustainable choices in this section of my life. And I give myself excuses, cravings, addictions, years of television telling me what to eat and drink. But I also give myself excuses. I have to walk the city tonight and make sure those vegetables are okay. Mm -hmm. So I have, I'm losing the battle in my mental sustainability when it comes to my physical body. Now, mental is different. Financial is different. Relationships, all these categories can fit into sustainability. And we just have to look at it the same way we look at anything in sustainability. Well, absolutely. Your, your body, your body, heart, mind, soul, however your, your being as a person, as a machine, everything's got to you know be taken care of and maintained properly for everything to work. And I am... I am going to have a hard time talking about this. I have been terrible as far as uh, the body aspect goes. I mean, it, anyone that's never seen me, I'm I'm a morbidly obese fellow. Look, I'm a large guy, and I have been big most of my life. But recently, the last, I'd say, six to eight weeks, I've been extra depressed about my weight. I haven't really wanted to do much. I haven't exercised at all. I mean, I, I've been eating like trash. I didn't even realize I was depressed about my weight. It kind of hit me like a ton of bricks the other day. I just... I'm so unhappy with the way I look and the way I feel, and it's frustrating. It is, but I'm also on the flip side. I, I'm a terrible self-starter. I really am. I, I don't have that, that that probability planning gene that my brother has, um, <laughs> and so unless I get really motivated, I don't like. I I'll be dep- I'll know I'm depressed, and it's like my brain just goes, eh. I don't care when I really do care. I care very much. I'm, I'm working hard to try to change that. But um, I just like in terms of the mental well-being, it it's hard. You know, I've been focusing so much on my on my, you know, my business that uh, I'm sure my personal life has struggled. Like this is it's a balancing act. We all have to play. And I am fighting my shortcomings fiercely. And a lot of days I feel like I'm losing. I don't know where to go with this, Mike. Throw well, something out there. I can do that. It's important to understand, especially the body side. First of all, there's a mental side. We should be happy with who we are no matter what. It's other images. It's other things that that throw us off. I have the same problem. I have insecurities. I just do my best to hide them to the best of my ability. But it's our body. What I need to do is spend more time focusing on, is my meal sustainable to the earth? Is my meal sustainable to my longevity? Is my meal sustainable to my finances? I have to look at things a little different, look a little deeper. You know, you talk about your, you ask why in engineering, it's called the five whys. We really, you, that's, that's a root cause analysis. The, every time I fail at something, I have to reflect and I have to own it, which I'm not a big fan of, but who is as I age, I, you know, me, I played combat sports, collision sports. I threw my body everywhere. Yeah, the fact that your brain works this well at this stage of your life is actually pretty impressive. Well, I was boxing all the way up to 36. So my body, I wake up sometimes and things just creak and I have time left on this clock. Like I, I, I need to do some things. So I need to be more motivated. I need to think about these things. One of the reasons why I wanted to have this show, even though it kind of it turns out, you know, we're doing this as kind of a free for all. 
But I want people to think of these little things. I want them to stop for a second. No different than if you're going to go buy a, a new bag, you're going to look at the tag, see where they're made. This one's in China. You know, you've listened to this show long enough. You're going to start doing this embodied energy thing and mm-hmm. do it to yourself. Look at yourself and say, if I eat three Snickers a day, I don't get extra days at the end. I seriously ate probably a third of a bag of Funyuns before this. I have a garden full of food. I have a tremendous amount of fruits and vegetables to my, I have access to them. It is just, I'm making choices that are not sustainable. And I want people to look at those and see if they are and see if they're, if there's a way they could look at them and see them better. I have, I see it. I know I'm wrong, but I have to, I have to figure out my way to do it. And some of it is just being strong enough to do it because there's other aspects. Mental health is important. When we look at sustainability, I think a lot of people ignore mental health when it comes to sustainability. I'm sure they do. Think about the amount of things in your life you have chose to deal with that you knew you weren't going to want to. Things that you, not even things you had to deal with, just it would make it easier on someone else. So you took the brunt of it and just dealt with it. And I, I say this as a father and as a husband, there are some things you deal with that you don't want to deal with flat out in life, especially at your work, especially with your career. Sometimes in life, you just have to eat crow for the sake of eating crow. Even if that means someone else doesn't have to. And once in a while is great, but you have to know your limits. You have to know when you're starting to run thin, when your ability to process it runs out. And I say it like that because it is, it is an ability. Like sometimes you have to decompress. Everyone decompresses differently. I am a very extroverted, jovial, bubbly person. 90% of the time, but about every, every seven or eight days, I need a day where I need to unplug and just get, get away from the entire world. I, I can deal with a lot of stress and a lot of BS. I can deal with a lot of really angry people better than the average person. But at the end of the day, I get saturated with that negativity and it needs to go or my mental wellness goes. And I am not a person you want to be toxic. I, I like to say, I paint this image that I'm like the Buddha, you know, this big happily bubbly hood, like that I'm not. I, I get really, really, really nasty when I don't give myself the respect I need. Well, and negativity is contagious. And if you've had it long enough, addictive. It's a poison. It is something that seeps into our life. I see it. You've heard me discuss it. I don't talk about a lot of this stuff on the show, but I see so much negativity around, which is really one of the reasons why we we were doing the Edible Landscape Project is to show kindness on display and throw it in everybody's face and say, be nice, <laughs> instead of this nonstop negativity that's out there that's your idea i just want every time someone complained i want to take a cucumber and shove it in their mouth that's what i was going for (laughs) and what happens is we become negative and i know this from myself we become negative and we create this negative feedback loop where our decision that we make makes something go wrong which creates more negativity, which puts us in a worse position for something good to happen. And shockingly enough, it doesn't. And we get more negative and more negative. And I think we allow that far too often. No, you're right. And that's why earlier I used the term toxic because, okay, I'm going to quote a Spider-Man movie, but in a, one of the movies I watched as a kid, the phrase is revenge is like a poison. Now we're not necessarily talking about revenge, but I can tell you, that if you wake up and you're in a really bad mood and you walk around with this scowl, this nasty, snarly looking face, most of the people that you know 
are gonna just kind of go, oh, what's wrong with her? And they might they might be cordial to you, but when you leave, they're gonna be like, why why you know why is she or why is he in such a bad mood? Why are they being so rude? Why are they being short? The people that love you will ask you what's wrong, but. You only spoke to those people with the bare bones. Even if you think you're being courteous, you'll be amazed at how much your negativity, even if you try to keep it inside, influenced your interaction with them. And that spreads. I am a way over analytical person when it comes to other people's facial expressions and tones and the way they move, the demeanor, their body language. I pay attention to way more than I think the average person should. And so when people are crappy with me, even if they don't mean to be like, it, it, I pick up on it. And honestly, Michael, it carries over. There is some times where I just find myself in a, in a more of an exhausted or a frustrated mood. And I don't really have a reason. All I can tell you is I went to a grocery store and the clerk was being very short with me. Not necessarily rude, just not being you know the fun, expressive person I expect them to be. And their negativity rubbed off on me. And I'm not, I can't be the only person in the world that happens to like negativity spreads. The thing that I find disheartening is that the average person is so much faster to complain and throw a fit about things they don't like than they are to, than they are to brag or spread good news. I, I wish every day people had five amazing things to tell their friends and family. Well, and every day, every time someone turns on a television or, or looks at their phone, there's a fist fight at a school meeting or, you know, we we report on negative. Uh, like we've discussed about Facebook, it depends. I won't push the mad face on Facebook because it gets four times the weight of anything else. They'll just show you more things that make you mad. Yeah, you're voting to see angry things. I, it is. I agree, but I still, when I see people eating a well done steak or I don't know, a steak with ketchup on it, <laughs> I'll push that the face. That but was it, not me. That was, was my son, you, Aiden. But him and I are going to have a long talk when I shove a piece of medium rare beef <laughs> in his mouth. Uh, this weekend, by the way, this upcoming weekend, we're going camping. You will have that opportunity. I'm going to hide all the ketchup in the campground. No one is getting it. <laughs> I think. The, the most important thing that we can do is create mental tools. So I have some, I think we all have some mental tools that get us where we need to be, get us recalibrated. When I get around too much negativity, you'll know, because if you have joined my Facebook, my personal Facebook, you will know, because I will never say a lot of hateful things. But when there's a lot of hateful things going on, you're going to get an overload of kindness coming out of my Facebook. There'll be songs, there'll be all kinds of things just pouring out. That's my rebuttal to the nastiness I see. The biggest thing I do is I have a re- I have recalibration things. I love science. Carl Sagan can speak to my soul. And if I need to recalibrate who I am as a person, pale blue bot, uh, pale, pale blue dot does it. That is beautiful. Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson has that ability to kind of pull me back out of the yuckiness of the rest of the world and put me back into where I need to be as a teacher, as a, as a facilitator, as someone who is an expert in a field, I have to have my head right before I speak to people. He can do that. And I find little songs. Recently, I posted a song called earth by little Dickie. Didn't know it existed. (laughs) And it's in case anybody's wondering, it's not for children. Do not play it for children. It's for adults, but it kind of, it gives you, it gives, it's an upbeat, gives you a little hope, keeps you happy. These are the things that I do when I recognize that I'm being upset. I have, there's a few things. Now, if I get so saturated with, um, with, with emotion, with anger and sadness that I need, I need like 
to let it out versus let it go away. I don't, I don't believe for starters, I believe emotion is like energy. I think that it can't be destroyed. It just goes away one way or the other. I, I, I don't like when you're, when you're really angry, like, I mean, really angry, whatever the problem is needs to be resolved, whether you're the problem or, or whatever it is, it needs to be taken care of. If something really rattles you to your core, you can't just act like it didn't happen because trust me, eventually that dog will bark again. Mm-hmm. Um, so in those moments, I tend to listen to music that really, really vibrates with me, like really resonates with me at my core to where it pulls an emotional reaction out. And then I come downstairs and I'll beat the snot out of my punching bag and I'll scream and I'll cry. And I, I get when I'm like that, I, I'll be honest, when I'm when I'm that emotional, the more I hit it, the faster I hit it, the more I feel it working up and I get ang- more angry and more angry until at the end I'm just a sobbing mess. Um the other side of it, when I get really, really down about people really really down about people whether that be from the news by social media facebook i say facebook because i don't really use a whole lot of social media i have twitters and instagrams and stuff but i'm very seldom on them but when i when i get really down i listen to um jordan peterson's 12 rules for life lectures i've probably heard every one of them a hundred times i know i know them almost all board by word but it's something he articulates so many things that i've always felt but never knew how to say mm-hmm. in those lectures that it makes me feel like I'm not a freak and I'm not alone and that it's okay to feel certain ways. And it's, it's okay to admit that, you know, sometimes in life you are just a sad, pathetic loser. And and I'm going to be honest, I'm going to say this right now. Now, following my, my rant about people being able to do amazing things. Sometimes you have to admit when you're a loser, there's a very, there's a lot of moments in my life where I was a loser. I can say that that's not a, a call for people to tell me, Oh no, you weren't. No, I'm not. That's not like a thing I'm sad about. I'm real with myself. There are lots of moments in my life where I sucked. I was a negative person. I was an angry person. I was a toxic person. I didn't even crap on my family or my friends or my job. Like I, I understand the things that I went through, but I never knew there were other people that went through that kind of stuff too. So when, when I get sad about people, I need to listen to professionals that know about people that it can explain on an emotional level in a psychological level behind all the, you know, the, the hoopla that people put online, why people do the things they do, because I am a big advocate of why I like the root cause analysis. I think if everyone lived by that, the world would be a much easier, simpler place. With mental health, I always throw in a disclaimer. It's in my book and it's going to be here. Nothing we do or say supersedes a doctor. Sometimes mental health has chemical imbalances or other aspects that are extremely important to be managed by professionals. So as we talk about these things, please don't think that we discount that in any way, shape or form, because I'm not telling you, oh, do this, you'll be fine. That is absolutely not it, because I don't know you and every human is different. and so. Always, please, 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 if you're getting dark, you're getting down, you're having these issues, talk to the professionals because it is extremely important. That is what they do. They can help with that. And sometimes those cards that are dealt, they didn't give you all the cards. And that doctor can help help with that. It will help you create tools. I want everybody to, to understand that disclaimer. No one is discounting that. We just have to do what's right for ourselves to make sure we're in the right place for mental health. Are you doing the steps? Are you happy today? Absolutely. I think that one of the most wonderful things you just said was that we're really just expressing the things that we've been through, what correlates to our lives. In no way, shape, or form do we 
set the precedent for what the average person should expect. Everyone's different. Everyone is unique in their own way. Everyone has their own special type of cocktail of uh, what I like to call calm and crazy. We're all different kinds of yin yangs, and everyone has things that you know are a little different. I know a lot of people. A lot of people in life that are medicated because they have a hormone imbalance or there's something not quite right. They're not ashamed of it and they shouldn't be. You have to play the cards that you were dealt. I have a friend of mine that has epilepsy. Epilepsy, for those who don't know, a lot of epilepsy medications are strong mood enhancers or mood stabilizers. And so him on his medication and off his medication is very different. But he needs that to function normally or the normal he prefers. I respect that. He knows what he needs and he goes after it. And I think that that's half the battle. Finding out, you know, finding the things that, that make your life bearable, that make it easier, that make it, that make your, your existence in the world a little bit better to allow you to move forward, to give you the confidence to grow and to, to, to make those positive changes in your life. You know, if, if you want to go after an amazing job that you've never thought you could do, give it a shot. If you want to change your careers, go to school, give it a shot. If you want to make your husband's life miserable and tell him you're doing plant-based but diets for a month give it a shot i mean do you do you boo i think that when we talk about sustainability we've talked about mental health we've talked about like body and diet but there's other aspects like relationships and i don't just mean husband wife boyfriend girlfriend but our relationships with our own kids our, our parents uh people that are acquaintances how we re- relate to others and when it comes to our relationships it takes a minute because sometimes people are nasty and, it, and it, as you were stating earlier, may not even have anything to do with you. More often than not, it doesn't. You can never really know what goes on in someone else's life. When if you're only if you're only in someone's day for an hour, there's 23 other hours of the day. How do you know what happens? Right. I have to stop and say, it, are my actions promoting good? In, in how I'm handling this and how I'm talking, we're both married. Sometimes things can be testy. You have to stop for a minute. Am I handling this correctly or am I am I putting dents in our relationship? Because if we want to sustain a relationship for a long period of time, we, we got to stop putting dents in things. We got to we got to start working together to solve problems. And sometimes that's hard. Emotions. Again, I think I've said this in the past that mo- emotions make people do silly, silly things. I mean, there's studies all the way back to the 1900s proving it. If we get emotional, we will do silly things. We have to be able to think through them. Well, you have to ask yourself why. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, I wasn't going to mention this, but you did, so I'm going to go on it. You're right. We're married. So if um, you get in a fight with your wife, you have two options. You can listen to all the reasons because she's going to tell you that why you're in trouble, what you did, why you suck, whatever. And you can listen to her to respond, or you can listen to listen. Figure out, okay, well, she's mad. But am I guilty of this? Did I do this? Does she have validation in her anger? First things first, everyone has validation on their feelings. I'm not saying they're right or wrong, but if people have feelings or they have emotions, if they if you love them and you you want them in your life, you better show them some respect. You know, if she's mad at you, even if it's a misunderstanding, respect that. If you did something stupid, you better man up and say you're sorry. Woman up, whatever however you wanna you wanna call it. Um, a lot of times my wife's mad at me, it's my fault. I know it is. I'm not saying that because I'm married, I'm saying that because it's my fault. When I do stupid <laughs> things and I don't remember things, I got a terrible memory. She could tell me or ask me, hey, will you take the garbage out? I'll forget it three seconds later. If I don't get up at that moment and do it, then I get done. I'm terrible. One of the things that I've I've started to look at, and, and we'll move to the next section here, is 
when when my wife comes to me and said you did this does my brain immediately say but you did that because if that's true if my brain is like well you did this that's an admittance to what i just what to her complaint if i can't defend my (laughs) that myself for that complaint and i immediately try to do you see it with politics all the time. Everybody has their team players and they'll go, you know, this person did this. Oh yeah. Well, your guy did that. Well, that's still not making anything better. We're just lowering the standard for humanity. So when that happens in my relationships and my brain goes to that, I'm creating a red flag of I'm wrong. Stop right now and just admit I'm wrong. (laughs) That's, that's one way to look at it. So when she comes to you and she's like, well, I'm mad about this or you didn't do this. Every, I'd say almost every person, unless they have many years of like really, really focusing on the way they behave, the first, the first natural reaction when you're attacked with anything is to respond. It's honestly, Mike, that's normal. It's normal. When you get hit, you want to swing back or you want to backpedal and gather. It's fight or flight. An emotional fight or flight is the same thing as physical. So when someone's like, they come at you and they scream at you, or yell at you, or they're really snappy and snarly. Yeah, you could go, well, you did this. You could do that if you want to fight. Or you could go, you could, you could, because I feel that when, when something happens, I feel myself get ready to snap back. I've got to stop myself and go, okay, well, first and foremost, I apologize. And then I admit that, especially, in, I mean, obviously, if I didn't do it, then do it. But if I'm guilty, I just say, you're right. The other day, um, we were out to dinner and I was on my phone and my wife's like, Yeah, you're on your phone way too much. She's like, We can't even have a conversation without you being on the phone or talking to someone. And she was right. I admitted my guilt. I told her I apologize and I would try to, you know, give myself a little time away from it because it wasn't fair to her. You know, we're out together, her phone's not in her hand, and I'm just, you know, Facebooking while we're supposed to be having a nice meal. She was right. That has to be able to be understood. You know, if you're wrong, you're wrong. You should always listen to someone's feelings to admit that i mean who really wants to have an argument you guys really want to fight right and, and what we're talking about is trying to create a long-term sustainability in our relationships and the only way we're going to do that is to be open honest and and we're not putting dents in the relationship throwing things at each other verbally you know it is really just stopping and realizing no i i do want another 30 years with this person and they're mm-hmm. right and I need to, uh, I need to own it. And the same thing, uh, the last category that I had here was finances. And it took me a long time, a long, long, long time to control my my finances correctly. But what I've learned is if I do that, my mental health, my relationships, all these things are easier. I don't have as much stresses because I'm telling you, a lot of times you have one stress that screws the rest up. And I tell you, in America, Quite often, it's finances. I don't know yeah. if it is in the rest of the countries. If it is, let us know. But most cases, finances are the thing that causes all kinds of problems and everything. And it was a an old boss years and years ago who said, if you're not making something every day, and he doesn't mean like you went to work that day and got your check, that your bank account got slightly larger, even if it was one penny, but it never went backwards. It had to get bigger one way or another, because you're selling your life. The things you're doing for money, you are literally selling your life away. That time that could be done walking through a forest, planting uh, flowers or vegetables in a city, or hugging your kid, that if you are not making progress, you're wasting that time. And that hit home. That was the, the first time I really saw, now, was I able to make that change right away? 
No, it took years, <laughs> but it is, it was hard words to swallow because I had wasted all the years prior. Well, sometimes the hardest things to admit or the hardest things to swallow are the things you need. It's kind of like, um, there's no such thing as medicine that tastes good. It's the kind of the same concept. You know, anything that's worth doing is going to be difficult or hard to accept at times. And that was great advice that I don't know who it was, but that, that person was, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to assume it was Mike at Sprint because I love that dude, but um, maybe it wasn't. I don't know which boss you had, but that dude was awesome. I don't know, man. It's, it's hard for a lot of people to, to comprehend that. And I, I am, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm struggling. You talk about finances, Lord have mercy. That is money is the kryptonite to my existence. <laughs> it's a necessary kryptonite. Unfortunately, it's hard. It really is. And you're right. It does. It produces an immense amount of stress on you when you're struggling to pay bills and you don't know if, if rent's going to be able to get paid on time or consumers, especially you're starting to, I mean, I'm going to put some of your laundry out there. You know, you lived in a trailer, you know, in the midst of your change, going to school. When you, when you decide to etch a sketch your life, as you put it, you pretty much paid all your bills and fed your children by eBay. So mm-hmm. that's, that's stress. That's, that's pain. And that is, it's real and it's, it's raw. And if you don't know how to handle it, if you don't know how to manage it and prevent it from happening, it'll tear you up. Well, and we always promote when we talk about sustainability, spending less, doing more, using less, you know, if, if you follow sustainability as a way of life, you're going to spend less money because you want less production. You want less produced things. And that by default creates this positive feedback loop. Not only are you building your positive footprint, like we talk about, but you're also saving money, putting money in account, getting that, that calm feeling, knowing that you can pay this bill because Heavy stress grossly reduces human health. There are study after study that shows that de- that financial stresses can lead to increased depression, insomnia, anxiety, all these things. None of these things are good. When I worked for a job I really, really hated years and years ago, I had a rash over half my body. I thought it was because I bought a leather coat. I also had an eye twitch when I quit. It was gone before I got to the car. Really? Stresses do amazingly weird things to our brains, and our brains cause all kinds of problems to the rest of the body. So one of the easiest things that we can do is slowly make decisions. If, if it means not stopping to get a coffee every day. During the time that you're talking about me, I shut it all down, almost everything down, mm-hmm. and literally had to start completely over. I tell people all the time, if you shut it down for three years, you can put a phone alarm in your phone for three years later and you don't buy anything you absolutely don't have to have, you're in a great place when that phone alarm goes off. (laughs) You know, it's three years, and that three years was terrible, but I was in a much better place when it was done, and I probably lived a a more sustainable life half the time. Credit-wise, I looked that up, 73% of people in in the United States believe that finances are the leading cause of stress in their life. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think it actually goes further than that, though. I obviously, disclaimer, I'm no doctor. I have zero medical training. I'm just going to repeat things I've been told by my doctor. So take it, you know, or leave it. But here is your grain of salt for the day. Uh, Stress can lead to higher cortisol levels. And if you're stressed, 
especially about finances, consistently, like all the time. If you're a check-to-check person who barely makes enough to scrape by, if you're a single mom, as a big guy, cortisol levels are one of the biggest hormones. I think it, I think it's considered the hormone that leads to weight gain, and it makes you crave fatty foods and rich foods and sugar. It's good in the sense that cortisol does increase carbohydrate metabolism. That part's true, but it makes you crave just as much as you're eating. Like the, it makes you crave more than you're burning. And if you're a kind of person like me, and I, you may not be, but one of my biggest downfalls is when I'm really stressed about money, like really stressed, I look for that quick fix, not like like a drug or like alcohol, just something to make me happy. So like food or like scratch off, something really quick, like a real fast, like, ooh, happy. Um, it's it's bad. Like it's really bad for your mental well, well-being. It's honestly, it's better to pay all your bills and just kind of be broke that it is to rob Peter to pay Paul and then take $20 and waste it on something like a double cheeseburger and fries you don't really need because you're really happy for the 35 seconds you're gobbling it down. And then it's gone, and now your money's gone, you feel miserable, and you're still depressed. Like, you're still sad. Financial trouble is the real deal. Like, it's really nasty, and especially in our day-to-day lives where everyone wants lots of money to allow you to live. It sucks. It really does. But you can't allow yourself to have a hold on you. It's going to ruin the rest of your life. And I want everybody to realize this this episode was almost a venting from the two of us. This was this is a plea to everybody to look at those parts of their lives to make it a little bit better because we're still working on it, too. Now that we see that these are parts of sustainability, I have urgency to fix some of these things because I do believe it makes our lives better. And we do believe that if everybody else sees that, there'd be a lot more kindness. There'd be a lot more gentle out there. So take it all with a grain of salt. It's your life. Do it as you as you see fit. And remember, if there's anything medical, always consult your doctor first. Amen. That's all we have this week. If you liked our ranting of an episode, and we'll probably have to revisit these in smaller sections for other episodes because I think there's a lot here and maybe we can get Rob to come in or someone else to come in and and discuss it with us too. Uh, If you liked this episode, share it with a friend or share it on social media. Other ways that you can support realistic sustainability is by becoming a monthly sustainer on our Anchor site. For as little as 99 cents per month, you can support sustainability. That's less than $12 a year and quite often a meal. As we're talking about your financial sustainability, please make sure that you are not donating to us when you really can't. Because if you can't, there's other ways to help us. Like leave us a five-star review. It's free and it does help us. On your favorite podcast platform, just click on the five stars and type in whatever you'd like. It helps not only us get in the rankings, but it's your words that convince other people to give us a shot. So we do appreciate that. And you heard a lot today. You got to know us a little bit more. But the end result is we only have to get a little better each day. That little bit, little bit, big bit that I talk about from my mom years and years ago. That's all we have to do is try and occasionally get it right. So that's all we have. I'm Mike. I'm Nick and I'm exhausted. (laughs) And we'll see you next week. Feeling overwhelmed by climate change? Looking for sustainable and ethical brands to support? that ethic is perfect for you. 
Ethic is a simple browser extension that helps you find sustainable and ethical brands online. Learn more at ethic.org, E-T-H-Y-K.org.